I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 147. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, Ask Kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, thank you so much for being here. And this is spring break for probably a lot of you, as well as myself. Actually, as I'm recording this, it's spring break because I'm recording this a few days before it actually airs. And it's been really great so far. My kids are awesome. I feel like we've really kind of turned a corner. They're seven and nine now, so they can take care of themselves and I can get a little bit of work done. And the weather's been really amazing. And the kind of crap, like a lot of really great things, but the kind of crappy thing, and I really debate whether or not I was going to talk about this or not. And I'm like, oh God, people are probably so tired of hearing about this. But then on the other hand, I think that it can be helpful for some. And to be honest, this is just real life stuff. And I, I made a commitment to myself and to all of you a long time ago that I would never be one of those people who creates an audience and then only talks about the really great, fun, glittery stuff that's going on in my life because I don't think that's helpful for people. (laughs) That's never been helpful for me really and truly from the people I follow, you know, for advice and wisdom and, and motivation and things like that. The thing is, is as I'm recording this, my birthday is in a few days. My birthday is on the 15th. So again, when you're listening to this, it will have already passed. And I love my birthday. I mean, who doesn't really like their birthday, right? I mean, getting older is like, eh, but this year, you know, my dad died in October. And so this is my first birthday that he will not be here. So my birthday is April 15th. Then the next day is Easter, the 16th, which also marks the six month anniversary of his death. And so as it's been leading up in the last few weeks, I've had this enormous sense of dread, just this Ugh, you know, I, I don't, I, I keep telling, I keep telling my best friend, Amy, I just want to skip it this year. I don't even really want it acknowledged. Can we just all pretend that my birthday is just a regular day? Let's all just know that April 15th is tax day and that's it. (laughs) 
not my birthday. And it just is excruciating. I didn't realize it would be this hard. And, you know, it's the first time that he will not call me on my birthday. The first time he will not send me a card with his his handwriting that I would recognize anywhere. It's also Easter was for some reason, he just he just was sweet like this. He always got me an Easter basket even when I was a grown-up. You know, obviously when I when I grew up it was a smaller Easter basket, but it would always be the same uh chocolate bunny with some jelly beans and he knew I didn't like Cadbury eggs. No offense to Cadbury egg fans out there, but he 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 just knew what candy I liked and he would bring me an a small Easter basket. I remember even after my kids were born and he did it up until we we left the state, until we left California and I mean even though I know that I wouldn't get one this year because we were living in different states, it's still kind of that punch in the gut. And yeah, it's just really hard. We're going camping. And I think that when I booked the trip, now that it's getting closer and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, we're, we're going, what was I thinking? I think that when I booked it, it made sense logistically, you know, because my kids are out of school. My husband has Friday off and I'm like, let's go camping. We all love camping. And then I think also maybe subconsciously, I just didn't want to be home. Like I just don't, I just want to maybe, ge- maybe geography, geographically, I can run away from this. I think that that's what might have been in the back of my mind. And as we all know, we can't run away from our problems as much as we try. So we're about to go camping and I have a feeling I'm just going to be, I was telling my friend Carrie, I said, I think I'm going to probably, we're taking our dog. So I'll probably just like take the dog for a walk. We're going to this really beautiful state park. Um, by myself, me and my dog, and I'm just going to be that weird lady that's like crying by herself with her earbuds in. So if you happen to be camping at a state park in North Carolina, (laughs) you might have seen me. (laughs) But it just sucks, you guys. It just, it sucks. And, you know, I'm still in this first year of him being gone, and there's so many uh, revelations that are happening. I have a planned, I know I've been saying this a few times. I have a planned kind of conversation slash interview slash confessional with my best friend, uh, about really kind of like there's the story of what happened and like what I'm coming to realize about so many things about death and parent relationships and, and things like that. And I think it'll be helpful for people that even if you haven't lost a parent yet, and I know that a lot of you out there have and or someone that you you really are close to and care about. Uh, anyway, so that that is coming soon. You know, I used to before my dad died, I used to ugh, so awful, but I kind of used to judge people who were like still talking about it months later. And I'm like, you're still talking about that. And I I didn't understand. Dant. Like I, you know, how, how could I have understood? How can people understand who have not walked the path yet? And I think it wasn't, it was less judgment, more curious, like really? That's still a thing. And it was my own ignorance and just being ill-experienced. So now that it's here, I'm like, oh, now I know why you were still talking about it. Cause it is still very much a thing. My friend Carrie says, I feel like it's not even the death part, it's the staying dead part that's so shitty. Like he's he's still dead. And it's 
it sounds so simple, but I'm like, that's the part that sucks the most is like every day I wake up and he's still dead. And so that's that. My birthday is on Saturday and it's going to suck. And I just, I want to skip it. I don't want, I've told all my friends and I'm like, I don't want the excited, heartfelt birthday wishes with the celebration emojis. I know that you love me. (laughs) And I just, I don't. If you're going to contact me, just tell me, you know, like how much this day sucks. So that's that. Want, want. I know, right? But that's real life. And that's what is going on over here. And obviously it's been a huge learning experience, all of it. And there are some days are way better than others. And, but it's just, it's all normal. When I'm coming to realize it's all completely normal grief stuff. And I know that I am better and stronger and more equipped to deal with other life stuff, having gone through this as much as it is extremely painful. And speaking of personal development, that is our, that is our theme for this week. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump into some content here in just a minute. And I am about to teach for the third and final time the 30-day experience. And so the 30-day experience is an online program that I have where we are going to cover four major topics. And this class is really for anyone who regularly compares themselves to other women and feels like she just doesn't measure up, like feeling just who you are a lot of the times as a woman just isn't enough. Anyone who also has the chronic habits and patterns of perfectionism or numbing out or hiding out or people pleasing or self-sabotage where it's kind of, it's habitual. It's all, you know, so you don't really know any other tools except to do those things, which make you feel like crap. And also for anyone who just really isn't proud of how you're showing up in the world but you have no idea how to change it. And maybe you can't remember a time where you really took care of yourself and took time to do what you love. Maybe you don't even remember what that is anyway. So that really covers these four main modules that we go over in the 30-day experience. And one of the best things I love about all the classes I teach, and this one is no exception, is the community. So a few dozen women have already signed up for this class. I'm very excited to get started. We start on April 24th, and you can find out all about it at 30dayexperience.com. That's the numbers, 30dayexperience.com. There are some special bonuses. There's a little bit of a price break going on right now for a few more days for you. And again, I will not be teaching this class again. A few people have asked me that. I'm not ready right now, but will you be teaching this later this year or next year? I will not. So when my book comes out in 20, January 2018, December 2017, January 2018, why I'm rolling out new programs in 2018. And I will not be teaching this particular one. And to be totally transparent and honest with you, this is the last time I'm going to be rolling out this much content and this much personal support at this price. So if you want to take a class with me where I can answer your personal questions, where you can be guided by me personally, where you can get this much content, you probably want to join us. 30dayexperience.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. And let's jump into the content, shall we? 
All right. So the title of this post slash episode is, Are You Half-Assing Your Personal Development? I've actually written about this a while back because it seems to be kind of a reoccurring theme I see here and there with everybody, (laughs) myself included sometimes. I kind of go in and out of half-assing my own personal development. So I don't, first and foremost, I don't want you to think like if you're half-assing your personal development, you're doing it all wrong. This is just sort of, I believe, part of the process for most people. Can't speak for everyone, but for most people, I think it's part of the process. What I want you to do is be aware when you're doing it. And of course, try to have some self-compassion when you are doing it. But I think a lot of people have no idea that they are half-assing their personal development and they think that they're, you know, putting their whole ass in it, but they're actually not. So this is sort of like one of those self-awareness episodes. There's definitely been times in my life where my paycheck ran out before I got paid again, and I wish I could have accessed my next paycheck a few days before I was due to get it. Well, what if I told you that can happen with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So first, what does that even look like if you are half-assing your personal development? So somebody who's doing that might be hoarding tools. So what I mean by that is they like to join personal development classes or workshops. Maybe they read all the books. Maybe they listen to all the podcasts and they're mostly intrigued by the work. They like the idea of personal development, but they don't actually do it. They don't use any of the tools that they're learning in the classes. They don't use any of the tools 
that they are reading in the books or in the podcasts, they just kind of like put them in their personal development closet for later. Again, they like the idea of it. And the reasons that some people do that are are noble <laughs> and valid. They, I think the most common one is, is that they might just not be ready. You're just not ready. And I think that, I've said this before, I think everyone has a different level of pain tolerance that they are, that they are willing to take in their lives before they are ready to change. I think some people can take a lot of pain and suffering before they are ready to take action to change. And I think some people can take not that much. And maybe you are somebody who can take a lot and you're just not ready. Another reason that maybe you're hoarding tools and not actually doing anything is maybe you're scared it won't work for you. Maybe you are scared of the uncomfortableness. The whole being scared it won't work for you, my challenge to that idea is are you listening to the voice of your inner critic? Because inner critics are usually the ones that say that, oh, maybe this will work for somebody else, but that won't work for you. Oh, you've tried, you've tried implementing tools before and it, and it didn't work. And that's BS. Just really pay attention to, and ask yourself the the coaching 101, is that true? Is it true that that will not work for you? You don't know. It's just like there's 17,000 different ways to exercise your body There's 17,000 different ways to exercise your mind and your spirit and your soul. I'm talking about personal development. Okay, so anybody didn't catch that. (laughs) So there's so many different modalities. There's, I mean, like we could just talk about therapy in and of itself. There's lots of different therapy modalities. In the coaching world, in personal development, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I mean, I've had, what, probably over at least like 100, 80 to 100 guests here on this podcast. And they have all offered so, I mean, I have had people come on and talk about flower essences. I have had people come on and talk about creativity for healing and hypnotism and hormones and actual physical exercise. There's so many different ways to heal yourself and grow and move forward. So to say that it won't work for me means that you try Zumba and that's the only exercise you've ever done and you don't like it and you didn't see any results and you're like, exercise doesn't work for me. That is BS. You have to try lots of different ways before you find one that you love. And then after a while, that might not work for you. I mean, I have, I used to be doing, does anyone remember Buns of Steel? Tammy Lee Webb? I'm aging myself right now because I know a lot of you are millennials that listen and you're like, who's that? And also um, Tybo. Who remembers Tybo? Like so many different – I've jumped so many different ways of exercising throughout my life and personal development is the same way. What works for you for a little while might evolve and change. And also maybe you're half-assing your personal development because you are scared of the uncomfortableness, which I am with you, sister. Like I – was that person who was so afraid of the uncomfortableness, I avoided it altogether. And I developed a muscle and a, I mean, I was like an expert, still can be if I call on it, at pushing everything out and just like, nope, 
too difficult. Don't want to do this. So maybe that's another reason. Like you really want to, you like the idea of the work and, and pay attention to all of it. But when you, maybe you dip a toe in and you're like, nope, 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 nope. Too uncomfortable. So just, so just something to think about. And maybe you're half-assing it because you're not committed enough. And that kind of goes back to, you're just not ready. And I think that the question becomes, when you look at the alternative, the alternative really is to stay the same where you are and possibly get a little bit worse. I'm not trying to scare y'all, but as we get older, I don't think that we really, you know, if we're in pain, it tends to get worse. I know that the women that come to me for for private one-on-one work, they are at a place where they have been at, at that that moment of they've tied a knot at the end of their rope and they have been hanging on and it's like their palms have been sweating and they're like, I can't do this anymore. I am committed. So they tend to get really amazing results because they are in it to win it. They are completely committed to the work. So I think you do kind of have to get to that point. Like if you want to see the results and, and, and also if you're just kind of like dabbling in it and that feels good to you and you feel like that's enough, like if you feel in your heart of hearts that that's enough, then I applaud you. I think that that's perfect for you. I say over and over again over here that your personal development journey, my friend Amy says like, there's a reason they call it personal development because it is personal to each person. Say that fast. And I think that's great. I think there's nothing wrong with that. If that feels great to you, if you just kind of dabble in it every once in a while. But I know that there's a lot of you who really, like you listen to all the podcasts on personal development and you read all the books, like you love this. Like this is your purpose. You are ready to change. So I'm talking to all of you. Another way you might be half-assing your personal development is if you are just talking about the work and not actually doing it. So maybe you're telling people about it. Maybe at work you're telling somebody about Brene Brown's books and you know she talks about shame and courage and vulnerability and it's so interesting and and maybe you're citing statistics that you've heard and maybe you've read the same book as your friend and you're talking about the concepts. That's just it. You're just talking about it. You're not actually applying it to your own life. So the work is about actually doing it in your own life, but it's also an emotional and sometimes physical journey. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, if you do any kind of like somatic work, but it's not all cerebral. And trust me when I say like, I wish it was all cerebral because, you know, I know that a lot of you listening to are like, yes, I wish I could just think my way through this. And I've tried and it works a little bit. <laughs> works a little bit, works until it doesn't. And then you got to kind of, you know, put the other, throw the other stuff in the crock pot as well. But yeah, I, I see that really come and happen too. It's just, you talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, but you're not actually doing it. Or maybe, maybe you're trying to help other people with their work instead of yours. I see this happen a lot too. I was the queen of this as well. Is like, oh, 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 let me tell you how you're doing it wrong. Oh, let me tell you about this book that I read where this will probably help you. Let me tell you what, (laughs) let me diagnose you. Let me tell you what expert you need to listen to. 
which I think is great sometimes and helpful. But are you doing that all the time? Are you doing that so much where you're ignoring your own work? Are you giving out advice that you need to take yourself? Okay. And then also maybe you think that your personal development journey is like a list of things that are kind of outside of you that need to be done. Like you have a checklist. Okay. Like I'm going to get my juicer and drink my green smoothies and do my yoga every day and you know, maybe if I look the part, if I wear boho skirts or Lululemon pants or a crown of flowers or <laughs> I'm being like half facetious here, but you know, like we see this all the time, 10 steps for enlightenment and it's things like that, which don't get me wrong. I have a juicer. I love my, I love my Breville juicer and every once in a blue moon, I do yoga and, and things like that. And they're all the things are important, but again, it's not things that are just outside of you. These are all things that are internal work. And again, all of those things are great. You know, not to say don't ever do any of those things. And, and many of us dip in and out of them, or maybe you live there with your list and it's totally fine. But my question is, are you living there? Are you in a place where you're checking off the boxes and it's kind of more cerebral things and things outside of you, but you're not actually doing the internal work? So let's talk about what the work actually does look like, because I'm sure I'm not just going to sit here and say like, oh, don't do all of these things. And I think some people are curious, like, okay, what, what else, what does it actually look like to quote unquote, do the personal development work? When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. All right, so what does doing personal development actually look like? The first thing 
is processing your feelings. So this doesn't just mean processing the feelings that come up today and onward. That's part of the process is actually feeling what comes up as it comes up, knowing that just feelings are just information. They don't have to mean anything more than that. I know that many of us tend to make up stories about what this feeling means and try to pick it apart. And feelings are just feelings. But it also means going back and processing old feelings as they come up. Maybe you've never dealt with something really big that happened. Maybe you have poo-pooed a story or circumstance that happened in your life where you're kind of like, oh, it really wasn't that big of a deal, but it really was a big deal. Maybe you haven't really dealt with it. And then also stuff that you have maybe dealt with could come up again. I know that was like a surprise for me. And I'm like, what the shit is this? I thought I had dealt with this already. And again, that goes back to just being okay with the fact that this is just how feelings work. Sometimes it's just how grief works. And and just being okay and looking at feelings as just being information. Allowing feelings to come up as they happen. I know that Again, like I mentioned before, I have learned how to just, I mean, it's like kind of like whack-a-mole, like trying to like push them back down as they come up. But really it's like, what if you just like let them come up? And that was just it. <laughs> I would sound so simple, but really just that concept has completely changed my life. What else does it look like? So it also looks like setting boundaries and having hard conversations. Boundaries, it's one of those things that is always an ongoing thing in people's lives and really is is one of those things that I think most people struggle with, I believe especially women. I have yet to meet a woman, whether it's in one of my classes or a private client, anywhere really, who has got all of her boundaries down on lockdown. Some people tend to have boundaries down in one area of their life. So for instance, they're really good about setting boundaries at work, uh, like with their clients, with their customers, with their employees, et cetera. But with their personal life and the people that they're closest to, it's a shit show. And that that example is really the most common one where, you know, I always say like, I am the least evolved and the least least spiritual with the people that are the closest to me. And I, I think that that is pretty normal. For some reason, when we have an emotional attachment to somebody, setting those boundaries can be tricky. So doing the work is, is, is just that, is really, first, first and foremost, not to get too far into boundaries, but, but it's really knowing that you need to set one. And if you are resentful, angry, frustrated, annoyed with someone, there's probably a boundary that needs to be set. And boundaries are not black and white. Boundaries are not something that you can just kind of like come up with in five minutes and get it settled. It tends to be a process. And the first thing I think is is really just like sitting down and asking yourself like, okay, this situation, what is okay and what's not okay? And you know, you can dig deeper into it are my values being stepped on, et cetera, et cetera. But it just kind of is the simplest of what's okay and what's not okay. What am I tolerating that does not feel good to me and is completely out of alignment? And then what do I need to do about it? And then, you know, the other piece of it too is the conversation. And this is one thing I, I work with a lot with people is what is that conversation going to look like? We all want to be kind. 
we all want to be proud of the women that we are when we are having these conversations and when we walk away from them. Because the truth of it is, is like, we don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, I can't guarantee you that it's going to turn out great and the person's going to be like, oh my God, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and telling me, you know, and drawing the line in the sand. <laughs> but yeah, boundaries can be a hard conversation. And then the last part of boundaries is the follow through. Because nine times out of 10, the person that you've set the boundary with is going to try to cross the line, is going to kind of test you on it and see, like, is she serious about this? Or maybe they're not, they don't think it that far that through. They just aren't good at having boundaries be set, which most people aren't. (laughs) And they keep doing the behavior that isn't working for you, that is not okay with you. So that's the a huge part of boundary setting too. It's not just the conversation. It's the follow through. It's what is going to happen if it's crossed. So boundaries are tricky and can be complicated. And there really is sort of an art to them. That is a huge part of personal development. And maybe it's not a boundary. Maybe it's just having a hard conversation. Maybe it's, you said that and it really hurt my feelings. Uh, You know, who wants to have that conversation? Who wants to have that conversation had to them? Nobody likes to be told that. But this is part of of life and this is part of caring about people. This is part of caring about your relationships. And that is personal development. So what also does the work look like? It also looks like going to therapy or counseling. I'm a huge fan of those things. And I think that that, you know, we get to a certain age and you don't come out unscathed. And I think everyone can benefit from therapy. I think everyone has stuff that they need to talk out. I think talk therapy can be a wonderful tool for most people to learn how to process their emotions and just be able to get it out with someone that they trust. I think also part of the work is finding what spirituality looks like for you. And for many of us, I think that it's not necessarily what we grew up learning what spirituality was. And you might go through a spiritual transition or maybe your spiritual beliefs are the same as you had growing up, but the practice might look a little bit different. And it's kind of like many of us grow up and we get to like this weird place. And especially like when we have children, I don't know if this happened to anyone else, but I was like, oh my God, literally how, (laughs) no pun intended, how am I going to talk to my children about this? What do I want them to know? What do I want them to see me doing? What do I want them to know that I believe? What do I want them to figure out for themselves? What kind of questions do I want them to answer for themselves? You know, what kind of autonomy do I want them to have in their own spirituality? So again, there's all these different layers. And I think that the bottom line of it is in your personal development journey, What do you want to have? What do you want to believe in? What do you want to have faith in that is bigger than you? Because life is big, isn't it? And I think that we come up on many times in our life where, I mean, have you ever said out loud or thought to yourself, I cannot bear this? I cannot bear this pain. I cannot bear this story anymore. I cannot bear this place that I am in. In those moments, what are you going to turn to that is bigger than that pain that you cannot bear? That's what I define spirituality as. And for many people, it is 
not going to a house of worship. It's, it's these moments of faith in something bigger than us. It is these moments of knowing that love is the thing that connects us. It's just that thing. It's really interesting. It's, it's been interesting for me in my own spiritual journey to know how complex it is when you're trying to explain it to your children. <laughs> when your seven-year-old goes, mom, what's God? And you're like, and my husband looks over at me. <laughs> my husband's an atheist. And it, it's that conversation. And it's humbling. It can be humbling. So whatever whatever that is for you. And I, I don't think that it's, because I've kind of been in those places of panic, like, I need to figure this out. I need to figure it out. And I, that's, that's never been helpful for me. But I, again, I think that like our spiritual journey kind of runs in tandem with our personal development journey and that it ebbs and flows. And sometimes we feel like we have it figured out. And sometimes we totally don't feel like we have our shit together in terms of that. And then it's, you know, like grasping at straws and then we come forward and come out of it. And we're like, ah, yes, like feeling all evolved and namaste, all of those things. And, it's a roller coaster. It can be a roller coaster. And I think it, it really depends on where you're at in your life. It really depends on so many different factors. But that is just part of doing the work. And the last thing I want to mention about what personal development work actually looks like is the lesson of knowing what is yours and what is theirs. I think that that lesson alone has been so incredibly helpful for me in my relationships and my relationships with other people and the relationship I have with myself. In other words, being a human, we are in relationship with other people all of the time. And it's really easy to fall into, I don't know if trap is the right word, but it's really easy to fall into the hole, I guess, of taking on other people's stuff, taking on other people's pain, taking on other, other people's feelings, taking on how other people perceive you and the world. And, and really it's, there's a saying in, in, in recovery meetings that says, keep your side of the street clean. And the way I interpret that is, is the whole notion of like knowing what is your stuff and what is theirs. And that can be a really tricky road to maneuver. And I think for most of us, it is kind of a one day at a time, one situation at a time. It's not like we just know right off the bat going into every situation, what is ours and what is theirs. We kind of learn it along the way. And that is part of doing the work is just examining that. When you realize, when you look at it, like, am I taking on this person's shit? Am I feeling responsible for their feelings and emotions. So it's things like that. So I hope that this was helpful in kind of pulling the covers back at what personal development looks like. And maybe if you spend more time kind of half-assing it than really doing the work. So thank you so much for being here, Ask Kickers. Join me next week, episode 148. I am joined by Julie Parker, and we are talking about a topic I have never talked about before here on the podcast. Excited for that. And don't forget, registration closes on Sunday, this coming Sunday, the 23rd, for the 30-day experience, which is the third and final time I will be teaching this class 
all about your core beliefs, all about learning how to be kind and compassionate to yourselves, and a few other things. So head on over to 30dayexperience.com to check that out. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.